he backs up. He fields it at the 8, starts up the field to the 10, to the 20, to the 15. He goes across the 30 and up to the 40. Yeah, really good return by Rick Covey. Hurst takes the snap to quarterback keeper. He runs up the middle. He scores! No hesitation. The ball is snapped. They create that lane off the right side, and Jalen Hurts sticks his foot in the ground, gets to the end zone. They've got a three-point game, ladies and gentlemen. Kelsey comes down, fumbles the football. Eagles have it. Eagles have it. Yes, they do. Eagles have it. it Kelsey, like Kelsey caught it, dropped it, fumbled. Up first down, he backpedals. He steps up. He is going deep. He wants Devontae Smith, who has it. He has it down at the one. Great throw. They push, they shove, they're in, I believe. They are in for a touchdown, and who's the penalty against? And Kansas City's lined up offside. Touchdown! Man, takes the snap, he gets it away. It is end over end. Tony backs up, takes it at the 10, and is here immediately. Charging downfield, he is going deep. He wants it all, and it is dropped! It was in the hands of Scandling at the goal line, and he dropped it! Here we are. Always nice after a big win. Song sounds better. Super big win. Ronald Bebbit, let it eat. Coach Al's announced. The Wiz Kids in the house. It ain't me. Who's it, Al? It ain't you. It ain't me either, baby. Wow, 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 wow. Wow, Mel Reese, he still has it, doesn't he? That, I'll tell you what, when you hear that Rocky, those Rocky chords and then Mel Reese, that's almost too much to take. Makes me want to, I said to my wife this morning, I said, makes me still want to run through a wall. She's like, you know what, you have to calm down, you're 70 years old. I said, I still feel as competitive as the day I was born. I, I want to run through a wall when I hear that stuff. Anyway, good morning. High atop the west side of Cherry Hill, not in Belmar. <laughs> we are back to the boardroom at Grimley back Financial. At the back to the office they returned. The Wiz Kid Coach Al. This is your host, Chuck. Sponsored by, I forgot last week, Grimley Financial. All things cash flow. That's the end of that ad, okay? <laughs> what a win. What do you got, Coach? Unbelievable, huh? Yeah, it didn't look so great at halftime and everything, but myself sitting there watching it myself i said well they get the second half kickoff they got to come down and score in here and get competitive here and and the line play was so much different the second half because they were rushing with just four the first half and he didn't have much time to throw why did andy reed stop running that kid for vineland wherever he's from why'd he stop but jaco i don't know because he was tearing it up the whole first half so he ends the game with six yards of carry or something like that well why don't you dilute that stat coach i have no idea although Mahomes had men open that didn't catch the ball. Yeah, yeah, you know, plenty t- of that, plenty of that. Uh, I said on uh, WIP this morning, almost unbelievable stat. I had to check it four times. Wide receiver down, not receivers, because if you say receiver, Kelsey's in the answer. But not till 25th. The Kansas, Kansas City does not have a receiver in the top 60 in the NFL, and they got that quarterback. How much do they miss Tyreek Hill, who who might might break the uh, yeah all time record this year? And, and how much money did he want? Is it ridiculous his contract? <sighs> yeah, I mean, I think I think he wa- I think Tyreek Hill wanted to leave. Uh, I think okay. so too. Um, Is that the guy that had some personal incident while he was with? I mean, there's so many so. with with the Chiefs guys that had problems. He's you know. had a little bit. Okay. You know, nothing. Big nothing time. to stop him. Like yeah, no okay. suspension. Yeah. Anything like, yeah. like so that. How do you let him but, go? I think he wanted to leave. You know, I think he wanted to to go somewhere else. But make him an offer he can't refuse. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you well, can't lose Tyreek. I think the Miami's a little bit more nightlife than Kansas City would be. I guess and maybe a little bit. I wonder <laughs> how much that enters into because these guys love it their could. nightlife. Just ask James Harden. 
Now, they all love their things to do when we're not, you know, in the game itself. And I would imagine Kansas City's not the most rocking place in the USA. Not compared to Miami. Could no. be in Detroit. You could be in Detroit, right? Utah. Anyway, I, I'm just shocked that the Chiefs don't have a body of receivers to complement this quarterback. It's ridiculous. It's, it's criminal. All they have is, is Kelsey, and he's aging. So yeah. they need to well, get some receivers. Occupied with Taylor Swift now. You see well, it. Good for him. You see it. <laughs> You well, see it. I saw. I well, saw Kelsey last night had seven catches for only like 46 yeah. yards, so they were paying a lot of attention to him. And yeah, I think as much as Mahomes scrambles, if you give him four or five seconds, it doesn't take a top-flight receiver to eventually get open because D-backs can't follow you all over the field. That's a great point. By the way, Coach, welcome back last week. And six different responses, listeners, made mention of some of your uh, articulation last week on some anecdotal points where you came in and dotted the eye like we were talking about it, so that's the eye and you came in and went boom put the put the dot on the eye and they said what the points were and how it, it was perfectly timed so nice job last week uh but this week unfortunately you're not rehearsed for a year so what are you gonna do this week <laughs> now I, there's I still just, some back there yeah yeah i i you know did you feel like you knew the eagles were going to win the game somehow i did i did I don't know how much felt or wished or whatever because it didn't show the capacity. And I was on a talk show the other day, and I mentioned I hope because of Hertz's leg appearing to be better that they would have two or three at least designated runs for him, right. and they wound up two or three times being real big plays, yeah, especially he when he scored. And two-hand touch, he doesn't get touched on the touchdown, yep. right? Big play. They're not, even, they're not even spying him. They run that play all the time there. You know, and they don't but they wouldn't have done that two weeks ago because of his leg. I don't so believe. we have a pretty exciting... Uh, we have a surprise guest coming on in just a minute here. In the world of sports talk, where the competition is fierce and only the strongest voices survive, one man has stood the test of time. Just like Rocky Balboa, a symbol of perseverance, this man stands tall in the sports broadcasting world. With a career spanning over three decades, he has dominated the airwaves. From the pioneering days of WFAN to the heated debates on WIP in Philadelphia. He's the man who brought fantasy sports into the spotlight. Who navigated the world of sports with the wisdom passed down from his father, a titan of the New York Mets organization. Listeners, hold on to your seats as we dive into the ring with a man who's seen it all, covered it all, and is still standing strong ready to deliver the knockout punch of Sports Insight. He's not just a voice on the radio. He's the voice of generations of sports fans. Ladies and gentlemen, put your hands together today for the undisputed champ of Sports Talk Radio, the one, the only, the Mac man, Jody Mack. Yeah, this is me. Good morning, Jody. How you doing? This is Chuck, Hello, Coach Jody. Al, and, and, and the Wiz Kid. Thanks for coming on with us. Coach Al and Wiz. Yeah, the Wiz, uh, yeah, we don't live up to our, our names, that's for sure. What do you think of that? <laughs> what do you think of that? It's great to have you on. By the way, I've, I've told you before, Chuck from Cherry Hill, when I call in, I've told you many times, I think you've got the, the best radio voice, but I just always have associated with your voice at Sports Talk Radio for decades, man. So it's cool to have you on for me personally. I've always admired you so much in your career. And uh, in checking out your resume, you have a pretty vast resume there, sir. Nice job, and congratulations on your professional accomplishments. I've been doing this for a while now, yes. <laughs> thanks for acknowledging that. It just means I'm old. Uh, but they haven't pushed me out the door yet. So thank you very much for the compliment. But I think we should be complimenting the nine and one Philadelphia Eagles for the Jody McDonald. Let's get at it. What do you think? What do you think at halftime? First of all, uh, worried. Yeah, they did not play well in the first half, and certainly, certainly got the better of the first half. Uh, but I said this on my Bird Three Sixty Five show this morning, and I said it a couple of weeks ago. I asked a couple of Eagle guests that that on the Eagles for me checked three very important boxes. Number one is talent. They probably have as talented a roster as anybody in the National Football League. Number two, toughness. Both physically and mentally, I think they're a tremendously tough team. 
They've got tremendously tough mental guys like Jalen Hurts. When your quarterback is like that, it spreads throughout the team, and I believe he's tremendously mentally tough. And number three, they got a little bit of the clutch team that when the money's on the line and you need a big play or you need a big offense, defense, doesn't matter. The Eagles come, seem to come up big in big spots. When you check all three of those boxes, talent, toughness, and clutch, that's how you get yourself on a Super Bowl run. And I think the Eagles have done a lot of that this season. Yeah, that's a very fine characterization. And what you could, you could draw a bead right to the Phillies postseason what do you think? And we're not going to talk baseball right now, but what do you think making that comparison that was lacking in the Phillies postseason? Yeah, they came up short in the short clutch. Sheet. clutch. Uh, a couple of their big guys, Castellanos had been phenomenal for the first two series, and then he puts up an 0 for 23. That's right. just not clutch. Not clutch. Trey Turner, the whole turnaround season on the applause when he was struggling and he got as hot as he did. He cooled off in the series against Arizona. And even one of the most clutch players, and it tells you clutch sometimes comes and goes, there's no more clutch guy in Philadelphia over the last couple of years than Bryce Harper. And even he went a little cold at the end of the uh, those last two games against Arizona. So yeah. uh, I would say the Phillies kind of dropped the ball in the clutch team area against the D-backs. Yeah, it's, it's amazing when you look at Major League uh, relief pitchers now with spin rates and miles per hour and, and location. You know, you could take the spin rate and you could add in the miles per hour at 98 and they don't locate and they get banged around. When you take the spin rate and you take the 98 and they locate black shadows, you have a nightmare. Now, some hitters could still hit that in the clutch. We didn't at all. And the whole team just collapsed at that point. But back to the last night, don't you always have a sense if it's Kelsey making a block or somebody making a great catch or a quarterback scribbling out on third and nine, that they will be clutch. Uh, Coach Al, respond to that. They Jody makes a great point. They do have the talent. They play hard. It just seems like they play harder to a man. I think they're very well coached could be in there. But they always make the proverbial play people talk about, make a play. Other teams don't. The Eagles always seem to make that clutch play. Well, I was listening uh, this morning and late last night that supposedly that play to Smith down to the one-yard line, that Hertz did change that at the line of scrimmage. scrimmage and he just commands respect when he comes off the sideline, even in the first half where they're not doing this and that. And to have a leader like that that's not just athletic but just commands the respect of all the older veterans on a team is a great quality. Chad? Yeah, I mean, I, I – I definitely agree. I think that the Phillies, I'm sorry, the Phillies, the Eagles had this game circled last night for a while, and they came in there and the defense really stepped up. You know, at the end of the day, I'm not thrilled with the win. A win is a win, but well, fumble, the uh, Chiefs dropped the ball on the four yard line. Sounds like you bet. I'm a little. Sounds con- like you bet the Chiefs. I was on the Eagles side <laughs> last night. I'm a little concerned though. Long term though, still like th- th- we've had a lot of wins this year that haven't been great wins, and that's I- I okay. See. Okay, but at the end of the day, we can't rely on guys to drop a ball on the four yard line with a minute and whatever was to go, and still win games. It just it's it, that's not a sustainable way to win. Get him, Jody. Get him. That's why he thinks he's the whiz. Come on, Jody, respond and to that's that. Okay, whiz. Um, here's where I'll I'll half agree with the whiz. Okay. When you add one more element to talent, toughness, and clutch, luck never hurts. Never hurts. And Marquez Vendez scalping was behind the defense that Brody got beat really badly on that play. And if he catches a very, and I emphasize very catchable ball, the outcome could have been different last night, and we might not be saying the same thing. So in addition to those three major things I mentioned, and you can't control luck, but when it falls your way, you take it, and the Eagles did get a little lucky last night because Stantling's got to make that catch. I don't think anybody will push back on that unless you have a fall. No, no, I wouldn't push back on that. I think that's all true. But if we repeat in the Super Bowl, we, we need to play better than we did last night, assuming the luck doesn't be maybe as one-sided as it was. Because you can't rely on Kelsey to you know, have a fumble either, as, as sure-handed as he typically is. So right. we're going to need to play better, I think, is what I'm really saying, if we have this rematch in the Super Bowl, in my opinion, to go out and win again. You guys are probably more uh, 
familiar with the Kansas City lineup construction than I am. This is, I said this morning on the radio that they don't have a wide receiver in the top 60 of the NFL. Obviously, Kelsey's a tight end. He's 26, by the way. They don't have a wide receiver in the top 60 of the NFL. Jody, is that because they've got two guys out injured? Is that because some of their draft choices haven't panned out the way they... What's missing from the Kansas City? It's it's certainly not intentional that Andy Reid said, oh, I think I'll take the best quarterback in the NFL and not compliment him with really good wide receivers. What am I missing, Jody? What's up with the roster? Where, where had we heard that before about Andy Reid? Yeah, yeah, oh, that's true. right, right here in Philadelphia yeah. when he goes out and gets Donovan McNabb and has him still throwing the ball to Todd Pinkston. That's right. Uh, the Eagles did not make the Super Bowl until they went out and got a guy like Terrell Owens and added a star wide receiver. I, I think Andy, this is a fault of Andy's, and he's a Hall of Fame coach, but I think he just believes if I've got this superstar quarterback, he'll make average to below average wide receivers very good. And Mahomes uh, gave it his best shot last night. How many balls did Watson drop? Oh, man. Like, at least two, if not three, that were unbelievably catchable. Kelsey himself dropped a very catchable ball. He started to turn up field before he actually had the ball. And then the scaling drop is the biggest one of them all. Uh, Mahomes is still amazing. I know the Eagles won the game, but what he does under pressure, moving around in the pocket, delivering the football, he is, uh, for me, the best quarterback in the NFL. All apologies to Jalen Hurts, who might very well be number two, but Mahomes is still number one. But having talent, guys you can throw it to, the, the call that Jalen made, the pass that Jalen made, all big parts of it, Smith's got to catch that ball. Yeah, Smith catch catches that yep. ball. If that's a wide receiver from the Chiefs, guess what? Right. It's on the ground. He's not making a- that absolutely. play. Absolutely. So you need talent at the wide receiver position, and I think Andy has always relied too heavily on his quarterback to make mediocre wide receivers better than they actually are. Well, that's the second point you made with very little pushback to that because there really is no when you look at his trend in Philadelphia. Do you uh, think – do you do you project the Chiefs getting to the Super Bowl? I'm going I'm to guess you're going to say no to that, but have at it. I think they got a shot. I think they've got as good a shot as anybody else. Okay. Um, the Ravens are good, but they're beatable. Uh, the Wiz was saying earlier about the Eagles not winning impressively enough in certain games, and that's why you can't be all in at this time that there are locks to go back to the Super Bowl. Um, well, you could be the Eagles and be 9-1 and one and have games that you don't win by two touchdowns or more. By the way, Eagles were the first team since 1940 to be 9-1 and one and not have a victory of more than 14 points. That every that. other team... Wow. Yeah. Has gone, and I think there's like 40 teams that have been eight and one or nine and one, and the Eagles are the only one that doesn't have a blowout win of more than 14 points. Yeah, read into that what you will. But <laughs> you can be the Miami Dolphins, right? And you can blow out teams, right? But you can also lay an egg and be seven and three. Yeah. I'd rather be nine and one with less impressive wins than seven and three and absolutely. some star studded wins. Yeah, absolutely. You know, Jody, last night, that last pass to Watson, like fourth and forever, you reminds you to Freddie Mitchell way, yeah, way back. Yeah. But that actually hit his hands. Yep. And the thing that oh, would yeah. have bugged the hell out of me, you, and everybody else is, he was a, like a yard and a half past that Too line open. to gain for Too the open. first down. And if he caught that one down, everybody's going to be saying, how could you let him cross that line there to get that first down on fourth well, to keep it going? Coach, great point. But if you probably watch the replay like I did like six times, do you see, and I don't know technical defenses, but do you see in that kind of umbrella where they gave him that yardage? They gave him that spot. In other words, they're back. He goes to the spot and turns, but they give it to him. In other words, they were behind him as if they're playing for the Hail Mary. They they weren't playing for Hail Mary. They're playing for the fourth and whatever it was. 20. That's my point. But they it's give like, him the spot. Yeah. They right. gave him that spot. If, that, if he was up there, if he catches it or not, if he's two yards short, he's yards short, and the ball goes over to the Eagles anyhow. But for him to be past the line to gain just blew my mind. And yeah. thank goodness uh, he had a little bit so, of Ricky Waters' arms there a couple yeah. times. So we all wake up today, Jody, feeling that the 
the rite of passage goes through Philadelphia, you know, the NFC Championship game, and uh, I don't see the Eagles getting beat at home. Do you? I mean, I, I'd San Fran, Dallas, I don't see it happening. I don't even give Detroit the certification seal yet. Uh, do you see anybody coming in Philadelphia? I mean, obviously an upset can happen. All things being equal, do you see the uh, Eagles losing at home? I think their toughest game left is San Francisco. Right. I would say they have a better chance to lose to the 49ers than they do to Dallas and Dallas. And I think Dallas has won like 12 straight home games, something yeah, they're, 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 they're about. Yeah. Uh, so that's, that's a pretty good hump to get over. But then again, they never beat Andy Reid before last night right. either. So right. the, this Eagles team is doing some things that have not been done in the most recent past. Yeah. I said before the year started, it's the Eagles, it's the 49ers, and then there's a drop-off. Some people said Eagles, 49ers, Cowboys, and then the drop-off. Some people were ahead of the curve on the Lions. I thought the Lions were getting just a little too much love yep. before the season started. I needed to see the defensive improvement. That would be better because it got awful last year. So you knew it was going to get better. It got significantly better, and the Lions are, for my money, the unquestioned third-best team ahead of Dallas in the NFC. But I, San Francisco still scares me. They, they you know, are, uh, going back to my original point about talent, toughness, uh, and clutch, the only team for me that's even close to the Eagles in talent is San Francisco. Mm -hmm. Agreed. And talent usually carries the day. And I think the talent with the 49ers and the talent with the Eagles is pretty damn close. So that's the game that scares me the most. It's last time the Eagles scared me. Yeah, Jody, about two weeks ago, you might have been saying the Ravens. You know, people had them projected up there in the top two or three, and all of a sudden they lay an egg, and they've got a ton of talent. So well, it's really consistent. a topsy-turvy league. Well, that's the, that's the point. We started to say last year on this, on this show that we thought the NFL as a product was vastly diluted, and then this year the carryover of that thesis into this year – I think exponentially it's even worse. So we, we look at Dallas, Philly, San Fran, and you have to give Detroit a, a quality of some type. They're definitely on a rebound or a nice team. Then, man, that's it in the NFC. You go over to the AFC, and some of the teams you thought had pedigree are starting to not perform each week at that level. So you saw one of them last night. That's not a great Kansas City team. That's a, that's a good Kansas City team. But defense is, is really good, but it's not a great Kansas City team. Where's your quality teams in the AFC that you'd say are at the pedigree of San Fran or Philly in the AFC? Jody, do you see anybody in the AFC, the likeness of Philly and San Fran? Um. I believe it, not even after last night's win, because I keep bringing it up. Sorry, Eagle fans, that Marquez Valdez Scanlon should have caught that ball. I would say Kansas City is still up that level. Right. The Dolphins could earn that level between now and the end of the year. They're not there yet. They've been a little inconsistent. When they're good, they're great. When they're bad, they can be beaten by only okay teams. Uh, I would put those two teams at the top right now. Sorry. I know how good the Cleveland Brown defense is, but I need to see that much more from Dorian Thompson-Robinson. Um, I want to say Dougie P and the Jags. I'll hold off one week on that. They've mm -hmm. got uh, Houston this week, and the right. Texans have been the pleasant surprise in the National Football League. If Jacksonville beats Houston, then I'll put uh, them in that same category. Not, yeah. not on the Eagles and, and San Francisco's level, but just off their flank and close right. enough and a potential Super Bowl team, but uh, this week will be a real telltale one for Jacksonville. Yeah, a lot of times what, what I've always used in my analytics is is quality road uh, wins. You know, that, a lot of people say, well, gee, that's a tough stat, Chuck, because not too many teams go on the road and play 500 teams and win anyway. Well, the good teams do, actually, where they play 500 ball away against – good teams. And when you look at some of these teams like Detroit right now, last night, piqued my curiosity and I went back and said, well, let's see what Detroit has done away against good teams. That's a measuring device, in my opinion. Well, they open up the season, and of course, they had the upset of the hungover 
Kansas City Chiefs. So you kind of discount week one against the team that just won the Super Bowl and give some yeah, credit. No, no, yeah. no, 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 no. Uh, not, go, ahead. go ahead. The not at full strength Kansas City Chiefs. That's the true. Lions beat the Chiefs without uh, Kelsey and without Jones. That's why he's Jody. Yet. That's why you're Jody. Yeah, that's why you're who. Uh, you got it. Um, yeah. They're missing. If you if you line up Kansas City's best players, two of their three best players right. are Kelsey and Jones. If Mahomes is number one, they're two three, and they didn't play week one. And right. that's what you got to do if you're going to make a run, make the playoffs, go deep in the playoffs. You have to take advantage when another team is undermanned and understaffed. Exactly. And the Lions did just that. So I give them credit for it, but you keep it in the proper context. Right. Yeah, they beat the Chiefs without two of their three best players. So you have the the, the good players out. Then they play the Ravens, but if you've got the Detroit, what happens? They play the Ravens, lose by 30. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, they, yeah. A couple of weeks ago, they played the Ravens. They lost by thirty. Yeah, I, yeah. The Lions I'm haven't. Sorry. The Lions the haven't played anybody. The Eagles aren't going to play anybody away and lose by thirty. That pedigree. So I can't buy into a team that traveled and played a, a good team, not an elite team, and lost by thirty. I just can't certify that team is ready to go. No, I, and that that's another reason why last night's game. And my partner and I on Birds 365 debated this a little bit today about is it a rivalry game, isn't it a rivalry game? I say it is just because of Andy Reid, former Eagle coach, Mahomes against uh, Jalen Hurts, the runner-up MVP versus the MVP, the leader in the uh, betting markets now for MVP, Mahomes, the runner-up, Jalen. And that could flip as per uh, last night's results. And the fact that Kelsey versus Kelsey, I think it's a legit rivalry, even though it's AFC, NFC. Um, I think it's a bigger and better rivalry today as we sit here than the Giants or the Commanders. Because the Eagles kind of own both of those two teams. Yes, the Cowboys are their number one rival. And no one argues that. But right. after that, somebody's got to be number two, right? Well, number two to me would be Kansas City, even though they play them as infrequent as they do just because of the situation that the two teams are in. And here's a little note on last night's win and what it, again, adds to the rivalry between the two teams. Let's say the Lions and Eagles finish with the same record. They're not going to play each other. They're not scheduled to play each other this year. They're not in the same division, so division record goes out the window. Common games is the next tiebreaker. Mm -hmm. And if the Eagles had lost that game last night, the Lions would have a leg up because they beat those undermanned Chiefs great, great point. back in week one. And the Eagles could have lost, didn't, but could have lost last night's game. And that could be the difference between playing the NFC Championship game at Lincoln Financial Field or up in Detroit. So, yeah, the fact that Marquez valdez Scanning dropped that ball last night yeah. was huge for the Philadelphia Eagles. Guess what? You came in hot, brother. You came in prepared once again, my man. You got it gone. <laughs> Ahead, but. I think I think that's the summary. Am I this to bring it back though? If the Eagles see, it's one thing to be lucky. It's another thing to be lucky in the final minute of the game. Look what happened to Dallas when they were on the six yard line with how many seconds to go. Yeah. The Chiefs with a minute to go and a drop off. The Eagles aren't only getting lucky; they're getting lucky on the final moments whoa, 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 of the game. Whoa, whoa, that's whoa, a big difference. But there is area for pushback on that point, and Al's going to help me yeah, here. If not, the Jay, Eagles weren't lucky. The the Cowboys shot themselves in the foot when they were at the six yard line. That had nothing to do with luck. Yeah, that had to do with incompetence by the opposition. Yeah, that's a culture. They have no idea what to do first to goal from the five in that situation. You could feel it. You could feel the hold call. Look, it's you still can, a little lucky. If Dallas is first and five, ninety and a hundred times, how many times do they get back thirty? yards one out of a hundred uh, come he's, on he's, that's he's good locked. at setting you up that way jody with the numbers he boxes it's, you like it's a one percent you know? occurrence that happened there and it happened to happen on the last play of the drive with seconds to go but, dallas won't do that again all year they may not have done that in three years mm. first and five and they end up back 25 yards that's lucky so, so every play in the league is decided by luck. They, <laughs> no, it, no, no, no. It with five, it wasn't with, like the with ball twenty took seconds a to go. The Cowboys did. The, the, the Eagles came up big in that position. Cowboys eight took penalties, yeah. dumb. Right. That's on them. And the Eagles sacked Zach Prescott. Sack. How is that luck? Yeah, that sucks. The Eagles got lucky that they sacked Zach Prescott. Reddick turns into an unblockable force I'm in saying, that situation. This, the situation that happened won't occur again. It's it's extremely, extremely unlikely. So what you're saying, if you just play the numbers, 
So if First something ag- unlikely happens, then it's luck. I'm, I'm trying to follow your logic. Okay, here. maybe not necessarily lucky oh, is the best term. Uh oh. But again, go back to last night though. A minute to go, and it happens again. But how do you know the Eagles don't get the ball, kick the field goal? There's still a minute. The way the offense was, the way the offense was playing, like though, that. may not be. It may not be likely. Yeah, but it's not that the game's over. That guy also may have come it. down on the one yard line. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah it's good. I yeah, can't no, I, I, yeah. I, I think he rolls. Yeah, I think he wasn't close. If yeah. he catches it, he might. You're right. He, he his body could have landed at right. the one or the two, but he would have rolled in for yeah. a touchdown. And they do have what would it have been? Did anybody know like a minute twenty? Was like it a minute twenty six, something yeah. like that, with three timeouts. Yeah, left. a minute twenty three timeouts. They got they got a guy that could. I guess we we had uh, dropped off. That's that's a bummer. Jody just dropped off. I guess so. Yeah. Yeah, we lost him. We lost him. Well, we got a good run. What do we have? Twenty minutes with Jody's better than done, and all of a sudden we have a bad connection, um, which has happened before, but. We didn't see it coming. So anyway, hopefully we'll get him back as a, as a guest. Uh, his input's good. He, he brings, He's always prepared. He has the numbers down. And I thought he made a bunch of really, really good points. Um, to, you know, to what was the time would have been about a minute 20? I think a minute 26 with three timeouts. And left. the score would have been down one it or two. It would have been 24-21. Okay, yeah. And so the field goal you're looking to get, yeah. it, hopefully. So it's certainly not impractical in, in that they can't get down there and, and yeah. kick a field goal, right? You know, especially, too, I wanted to bring up, and maybe it's a good time now without Jody being on yeah. there. I think one thing last night, and it's really improved outside of one punt, the Eagles special teams have been really good. Covey's been good when yeah. the Gunners give him some room to go like eight yards ahead, then he makes some moves. And a kid man, I think it's Bryce Mann, had some great kicks last night besides that one there. So that has improved their game a whole lot. Getting better position to start, you know, the steel field position. It's too bad we lost Jody because I wanted to talk to him about his dad's success, GM, three different pro teams. Uh, his desire as a young kid to get into professional sports uh, and elaborate a little bit on his uh, his fantastic career. And I certainly want to talk to Jody about his, uh, the uh, the when his dad, the Mets, his GM, traded Tom Seaver, uh, and Jody had made a comment that, thank God we didn't have Twitter back then because he'd still be hearing about it on Twitter. You know what that made me do? It made me get the uh, careers... So the, the Mets uh, traded 77, Seaver, okay, his dad, Joe McDonald, for Pat Zachary, Steve Henderson, the other two guys you should have mentioned, uh, Dan Norman, talk about innocuous, it's obscure, and, and Doug, Doug Flynn, if you remember Flynn. Well, Zachary, for six years with the uh, Mets, Puts up a 3.63 ERA. Certainly not embarrassing. A little higher than Seavers with when he goes to Cincinnati, but not much. So Zachary's not terrible in that trade. Steve Henderson's time in New York, his slash line ends up being, I really want to talk to Jody about this, 290, 360, 800. So on the merit of Zachary and Henderson, sounds like a law firm in New York City, that's not terrible value back for Seaver. If you take the war and spread it out, Seaver's ahead on, on war. Um, but it's, I've seen worse trades. not like embarrassing results, right? But apparently took a lot of heat for it. What's yeah. your guess how old Tom Seaver would have been at that trade? Uh, 30. 30? Yeah, 30, 31, something like that. And, yes, he goes on to have uh, some – listen to Seaver's ERA, bud. Check this out. 276. 220, 221. Then he really slips. He goes to 28. <laughs> then he, then he, I guess 28 prepares him for 1.76, 208. When you add up something, he's like, he's like 2.36 for like 10 years. I, I know pitching back then, they say was better in terms of ERAs. Now you look at the pitching nowadays at 100 miles an hour, but the inflated your A's compared to back then. It's interesting that they say the pitching per se is better now. Miles power and strikeouts way up. I mean, Seaver averaged nine strikeouts. Nolan Ryan, of course, had a big number. 
Now you got guys that are 17 strikeouts per nine innings, yeah. relievers, guys like Josh Hader. So with the with the velocity, Velo, you now have pitching dominated circumstances, but with inflated ERAs because of the long ball, because home runs are up so much. When the barrel meets the 100 mile an hour fastball, out she goes. So you have better pitching, inflated ERAs. Back yeah. then, Seaver, Ryan, Gibson, Koufax, I could go on, Drysdale, a whole bunch of sub three ERAs, like two, two, zero, stuff like that's common. You know, and you compare that to down that. And when I was doing this uh, little uh, research with Seaver, I was like, holy Toledo, nobody's putting up ERAs like this now in today's game of baseball, you know? It's crazy. So we all agree that the Eagles are going to win the division now, bud? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Nobody comes in and beats us? Yeah, barring no. any, any type of, you know, injury situations, I don't see why not. Although, technically, you did the gauntlet drill. You know, how many games are going to win the next six? I'm, I'm not so sure it's a gauntlet, by the way. But if you lost to Buffalo at home this week, you negate quickly the Kansas City win, right? Yeah, because then if you lose right. to Dallas, then right, you're right, even. Right, you're back to so, so, so you still have to play your scheduled win because everybody marked KC uh, a loss, even though Chuck took them as a win. Um, but if you lose this week at home, you're it's like a loss because you trade that value of that on yeah. record, on best record. Because now I do think the game that you can rubber stamp um, is the Dallas situation emotionally. I just think that's a loss. I don't think the Eagles in that situation are equipped. Now they're equipped. I just don't think head-wise they'll get in that space to beat Dallas at Dallas. And I think it's something like the last 12 times they played yeah, in yeah, Dallas, yeah. they've yeah. lost. Yeah. At one point last night when the crowd was at the, the, the peak octave there, really loud, didn't look like they couldn't make a play. They had a series of two, three and outs in the second half where you're like, they're done. The crowd noise, the defense, the first step, they're throwing these passes to the, the – I used to call them the flankers, the slot guys. They're getting blown up. How about the play where the, they threw to the slot, all right? And the ball went up in the air, and it was like two feet away from a pick. It wouldn't have been much of a pick six. It would have been catch and walk a step into the end zone. That was by inches that that ball was yeah. game's over. Game, so that's to your point, uh, Bud, regarding some luck there, because that ball's up for the taking, and it drops where it looked like it was going to be picked off. You know what upset me a little bit, too, in that first half? Their play selection. When they tried two consecutive plays, I think they were on the 20, with the throw out to the wide receiver with the two guys and the other guy's going to try and block. And I mean, you're almost throwing backward passes there. You're going to wind up with them being recovered. And, and one side, one play, and then the other side, the next play. And I well, why? It doesn't look like that play is going to work out. But another thing, that guy Sneed last night did a hell of a job on Brown. And they, they had him covering Brown no matter where he went on the field. So that's why Smith was a big deal last night. And you definitely miss Goddard. There's no doubt about it. Yeah, you it. have to say that. You do. You absolutely do miss him. And now, I mean, not that you want to catch a break this way. It's terrible. But now I hear Sam Fran lost uh, an all-pro defensive back yesterday, yeah. right? And that's really going to hurt him. Somebody said uh, he was you know, as good as Dawkins type of pedigree player. Um, you know, that's – you have to get lucky with injuries. And uh, you look at Hurts with all the braces and stuff like that running, and you just wonder, man, well, can he finish the season? He's so freaking tough, isn't he? And that tush-push – did you see last night the Kansas City players linemen that were rolling back on bodies? It looked like you were surfing in the ocean, and some of the Kansas City linemen, butter the 320 pounds, they were in the air on the pile, rolling back five yards off the humanity, massive humanity, and there's like an amusement ride. These guys were going backwards like it looked like you're surfing. I mean... That is unbelievable that nobody in the NFL could even come close. Just, could they run that every play for four yards? <laughs> it looks like it. It looks like it. Line up the tush push, do it every play, and tell me in four attempts you don't have 10 yards. If you, you can may have hear some me exhausted I, offensive yeah, linemen. Yeah, if you, you go to have a lot of bodies it. being laid on there for four times in a row, <laughs> I don't know. You, well, it works both ways, though. Yeah. If you can't stop it. 
down at the two-yard line, the three-yard line, obviously the one-yard line. It's not, how do I say this? It's not the fact that they convert the thing at like 90-something percent. It's where they end up that you have to look at. I'm watching that play, noticing that the lion's share of them are not measurements. They're making it by three yards. So, so if it's like second and five. Yeah. And you need your second goal from the five-yard line, it just run it. Twice. And it may, even if you have to run it three times, you should get the one and a half <laughs> and, yards and, per attempt and, you and need. To Al's point, and it's a fair point, how sustainable with the other. But the other side's getting worn down. To try to, remember, the reason you're successful with the tush push is not only do you have a guy that can leg press 600 pounds at a quarterback, but you got these ridiculously large, strong buttocks is twice the size of mine. And I'll just tell listeners that haven't met me, <laughs> that's not good, okay? And they're, they're formidable. They're 340 strong. And humanity can't stop that. So if it's so damn effective down on the goal line or a first or whatever or fourth or whatever, why not try a series where you do it four times? Now, I think a better pushback to that, not that you didn't make good points, you did, is that you don't want you don't want to put you don't want to put uh, you don't want to put your quarterback in that situation. You know, obviously. Aside from that, I'll tell you, I, I'd be interested to see it ran four consecutive times. Tell me it's not ten yards. Yeah, I don't I don't want Hurts doing that four plays in no, a row because you. sometime I underneath there, a lot of stuff goes on with all those bodies you can't see. I'm half but, losing but, my mind. But last night they had a play situation where they did it with second and one. And remember yeah. me mentioned it yeah. a week or two ago, let's fake that one time yeah. and do some. And Jaworski on a wrap-up show said, yeah, I thought with second and one it would be a good time to fake that push and then go, maybe go along or try and I create I think they're going to save it for playoffs, maybe even I, Super Bowl, you, you, when, when they've no data to say uh, they're doing it. The Eagle special, too? Yeah. <laughs> the brotherly shove special. <laughs> Some alternative. That was Jody, but it's late at this point, so we just keep rolling it, right? Okay. Yeah. So, anyway, uh, now we're going to switch sports a little bit. Matt. Maxi could be the best guard to ever play in Philly. Well, <laughs> as soon as I saw that the other day with you, uh, were we forgetting Allen Iverson, who led yeah, the league right. in scoring Boy, and, how and was a league MVP? I think my hyperbole there, Coach, was more about how excited I am to have yeah. Maxie. Because we I mean. haven't had that for years. Right. But, I mean, and Allen Iverson with that yeah, team, yeah. besides Matumbo, who was half decent, you had like – Allen Iverson, buddy. You had stats. Eric Snow, and you had George Lynch and Tyrone Hill and – yeah, he just carried the so, thing. So I put out 24, the vacuum cleaner, uh, Coach Pete. Immediately, it was nanoseconds as measured by the atomic clock. Where's the atomic clock, London? Uh, said he's 23. I put out 24. And I was so shocked because the reason I said 24 was I looked at his bio real quick, his grid, and I see four years. So he's got to be 24. What did he start playing when he was 15? I think NBA? he might be 24 he's 23. in December. He's 23. Something. Yeah. So if you look at his 23 year, I'd like to hear what AI was at 23. And before Chad enlightens us, I'm going to go out on a limb, maybe not a limb, and say that Iverson's 23 year, if he started 23, did, did Iverson yeah, play? Yeah, he was the, playing. It was his third okay. year in the league. All right, let's hear the, uh, the, the table setting between Iverson, did you say year three, bud? Yeah. And uh, Maxi year three, two? Also yeah. three? Yeah, Let's Maxie's in three. Oh, I so, can't wait. Shooting um, percentage, the whole bit, the whole lineage here. Iverson shot 41% versus Maxi shot uh, only shooting. This is actually Maxi's fourth year in the league. Okay. He's shooting 47% From right three? Now. From three. No, that's just field goal percentage. Um, Iverson didn't shoot the three well at all. Right. So Maxi's just better. But Iverson had 26.8 points per game. It's close. Which led the league. Maxie's currently at 26.8, the hey, same number. Hey, 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 what do you know? Uh, yeah, Chuck. Yeah, Iverson only played 48 games, though, so I don't know. All right. That what did he do the next year? What did Iverson do the next year? 24? 28 points per game. Okay. That so like I said, I know in that 2000, 2001, he averaged over 31. And was now, 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 now yeah. but I, I got to bring it back to the first stat you said. It doesn't seem logical that the guards' field goal percentages with layups 
would be as low as the 40s when they're three-point shooters in the 40s. Well, Iverson was something. 29% from three. Okay, and 40 overall? 41 overall. And Maxie's currently 44 from three, I believe. Uh, let's see. He's 44 from three and, and 47 overall. Oh, wow. There's only a delineation of oh, 3%. Okay. From, wow, that, that does absolutely shock me, right? So um, right now they're comparable players. And, and I don't know well enough to know who's better defensively, but Maxie plays defense. Sure. Right? Uh, Iverson was known to, I guess, play. I don't know. I don't know what he was, how he was. And recording. then you can look at another way, too. Iverson never had anything like, you know, Embiid. Yeah. That type of thing. Let's so it's just, just different, agree, different eras. Without bottom the, line, we have a three. lot of cause to be very excited about this. Oh, no doubt about it. And how it happened, the thing that Pete sent me about the, uh, I don't have it in front of me, the conundrum where the, it fell down and it should have been, but they didn't. And COVID, something happened. They had to draft. It, it's it's bizarre. Yeah, what happened that, to do with somebody winning that last game, it changed it where Maxie, Maxie, uh, Maxie? Maxie did get drafted like with the 21st pick. Okay. And they wouldn't have got that if somebody didn't win the game. Hit like the shot. Put, yeah, right. Houston, whatever it was. Yeah, so. Yeah, thanks for bringing that. Fell right into it yeah. real nice. And, and you know, with just the one year at Kentucky, it wasn't like he was first string All-American no. right, or anything right, like right. that, but the potential. I mean, I'll give you a good example. Years back, Andre Iguodaya, who had a great career. Yeah. They drafted him after his first year at Arizona. I think he averaged like 8.9 points a game, but right. they could see his all-around ability and this and that. And and I'll give you another great example. This kid, De'Aaron Fox. Yeah, he, remember him well. 2017, yep. he went fifth overall. Yep. That was the year we got fleeced by Danny Ainge and that Tatum went yep. third. Yep. And, and we took the stiff Markel Fultz, da-da-da-da, and all that stuff. And, and Fox was the quickest thing I've ever seen. Do you remember the guy who shot with Fox in Kentucky, the other guards in the NBA? Yeah. Uh, yeah, right. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I projected him better than Fox. Oh, he as a stand-up shooter, he, right, right, he right. better he's, monk, 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 very good, yeah. okay. very, very good. Wow, oh, he had to go back for that one. Shit, but Al, that's anyhow, good. the no, point being, blew my mind. What I, what I saw, aren't you fucking eighty-five and a half? Hell? <laughs> Jesus, Mary and Holy <laughs> Joseph, nah, I'm saying, stop the whatever. effing clock. What a I curse. could have said a nun, but I said holy a monk. Shit, whatever. How did you get monk? Are I don't you know. Kidding me? <laughs> but anyhow, fans, we didn't rehearse that. I liked. Fox was the quickest thing I've ever seen yeah, since I was. Since. He was. But he only had like 15, 16 point range because he just blew by everybody. Yeah. But now he's a legitimate three point shooter and he is in the top three guards. Right, I before think, we hop league. off of basketball, did anybody turn on St. Joe's last night playing Kentucky? And, I watched the. And, and uh, Wagner. Wagner chat on Kentucky. Oh, wow. Is oh, he yeah. There now? Oh, well, wow. big time. Yeah. Well, Wagner still looks a little stiff. He had a pretty good game. Wagner's not a pure shooter. Never was, and I don't think ever will be. He made a three there near the end, and he hustles, and he goes with his left hand and everything. He's a good all-around player, but, I mean, he's he's not coming out in one year, I don't believe. I don't think he is either. I saw him take two foul shots that were back of the rim clunkers, and it didn't even look right. Camden High used to shoot 46% from the foul line every year when they went upstate. (laughs) They they didn't even look right as foul shots. They didn't look right. They looked like the big 7'2". And speaking about that, I watched the Stanford girls the other day. Yeah. They have a girl Only on you. there about Only six you. three or six four, thin white gal. Yeah, she is now up to seventy two straight field shots, uh, field, field uh, foul, foul shots, shots, and the record is seventy five. And sh- they were in a back to back tight game with Iowa, right. a good Iowa team, and she got fouled like so many can't times. Stop him, Chad. In you the last three minutes, All and right. she made two foul shots like five times right. in a row. All right, let it be. JV, who's the, the who's the goalie for, for, for the soccer team? You're unbelievable, my man. Hey. Uh, well, that 45 minutes goes damn quick. I'm sure there's other things we we could cover. Certainly, we're going to mention that we're all happy about signing Nola. Cover that, right? Yeah, yep. I'm not thrilled. By Good, you got it. Well, you're on the air. I mean, Nola was ranked 74th this year. Oh, go, don't get too into stats. Come on now. Don't get too in. I mean, I think Nola's signing was a, really just a defensive move. To block Atlanta? To block, yeah, block other teams. You must, be, you must be listening to the podcast. He's just, he's being paid as an elite pitcher, but he was 75th last year, last this past season against all pitchers, 58th 
ranks, if you look just look at starting pitchers, he gave up the most home runs over his career. He arguably had the worst season over his career. His ERA was, you know, way up there. Um, at four four six. So he's thirty now, and you maybe have two years of four you and three years, maybe you're you're gonna start seeing declines and he's he's already you could say he's already declining. Um, and he's he's a, he's a top ten pitcher basically in, in salary right there, and he's just not anywhere close to that performance wise. So I, I'm I, I'm okay with it from a defensive standpoint, but just as the money itself, not huge on Nola. I guess there's no one else who really could have signed because Snell's probably just you as kept, much as you kept Atlanta more. from signing him. That was huge. But is that really a bad thing if Nola's not good anymore? Uh, well, Nola's more good. an innings. He's definitely good. He can't Nola's say more good. an inning yeah. eater. He went too far with not good. I'm not, yeah. but not good. But he's ranked 58th in WAR. There's 57 pitchers better than him. That's the average third pitcher. Last in, year he was 58th. Yeah, in war. 58th, and that's against starters. Overall, he was 74th. That doesn't help my argument. So no, I yeah, think he's obviously 58 still. Eight pitchers had a better WAR than 58 Nola. starting, 57 starters, starting starters. pitchers had a better WAR than Nola. I can understand that stat if, if relievers are in there, but starters 57 better starters. I, hey, listen, I've always trusted WAR. That's WAR's way of saying it's 58 best pitcher. He had a four four six ERA. That's not good at all. That's year, bad. Year before, year before it was great. He was fifth in WAR, and the year before that he was 65th. And the year before that, he is every the year. The year before that was COVID. So well, he's two, two, out of, two out of three years, the past years, haven't been great. And But this year was easily the worst of his career. He's given up long balls at a historic rate for him. Yeah. It's it's this, it's this a defensive move, and I'm fine with it. I'm not. Yeah, I, know okay. I like Noel. He's a good pitcher. Let, but let's agree on defense. It's a blocker. $170 million yeah. as a defensive blocker. It's like Facebook buying their competition, yep, buying it's a Instagram. Block. It's, a block, it's a block move, no doubt about it. The, the whole psyche of Atlanta coming into Philly with Strider and Nola would have been like Will or Nola for Philly. Because you don't think Atlanta next year when they come into Philly, and they will, you think next year the Braves are to come into town, check in to the Four Seasons, and go... Oh, guys, let's have a comfortable dinner tonight because we're, we're going to kick their ass. Or are they all saying, holy shit, how do we figure out Wheeler and Noah? Right? Because they can't. You know, the, the Braves or the epitome of the semi-truism going against Chuck's philosophy that good pitching beats good hitting. When Wheeler and Noah are at home or on their game, the Braves' bats are silenced. And they're going to come in next year and face Wheeler and Noel again and probably a good number three, four, a good bullpen, and not feel the heebie-jeebies that they felt the last two years? Bullshit. That grows that emotional disadvantage. That grows. That manifests into a bug. We can't win here. So I think if you broke up the combo of Noel and Wheeler, you broke up that mantra that works against the Braves. And don't tell me it wouldn't work against them year, next year, too. You know, I, would, I wouldn't be against having Wheeler throwing Ranger in there and then Nola. And I don't know if maybe they'll be looking at another starter now with that Yamamoto and this or that type oh, of thing. I don't know how much money he... We should talk he, about that cat. You should see his numbers. So let me tell you something. I'll give you the quick rundown Listen on to this. It. Listen Yoshinobu to this Yamamoto, 25 years old. Career 172 ERA and 967 what? innings pitched. 172. This year he had a 1.16 ERA and 171 innings pitched. Two-time MVP of the Pacific League. Three-time Japanese Triple Crown winner. Three-time another award winner. I mean, the guy is unreal. On September 9th of this year, he threw his second no-hitter for the uh, Nippon Professional Baseball NPB League. In doing so, becoming the first pitcher in NPB history to throw two no-hitters in consecutive seasons. Not a huge guy. 5'10", 177 pounds. Fastball average is 95. He's top 99. The guy, the guy's all around, just a, a stud pitcher. Um, he has now uh, done what's called posting. He's put in posted. Right, right. So how that works is with the Japanese Baseball League, you have to play for at least nine years. Wow, nine years. Um, is, to wow. be just considered like a free agent. Stinks. He hasn't played nine yet, so you have to do what's called posting, 
where the um, the the team agrees to give you up to the MLB, right? And in return, they get a pretty hefty team's amount of ransom. money, right? Yeah. They get a pretty hefty amount of money. So because he hasn't done that nine years left, the yeah, team yeah, agrees yeah. to post him, which is okay. what happened yesterday. And there are multiple teams, many many teams, that are have interest in him. Boston's reported. Philly's been reported. Right, right, it's course. probably every team in the league who's is and is either mid tier or a good team. They were gonna want to want sure. want this guy. Well, thank you, uh, Wiz, for articulating that to everybody listening because everybody's confused about how the Japanese uh, players work. I'll give I'll give you another name and back at him. This kid's twenty two. I will absolutely debaunch the name. I think it's Rokai R O K I Sasaki S A S A K I twenty two. You got to see that kid's number. The difference between Yamamaba Gadagi is 97. <laughs> this kid's game speed is 99. Okay? This kid, they say, has got spin rate. You can't see the ball. They're saying their hitters are claiming they can't see the ball the way it's moving. Right? He's another guy. He'll be over. He he'll said be over. before wow. uh, he wants to play in the, in the MLB, so he'll probably be another four years. You know, I've, I've always wondered, like, why can't he go and say, I want to post today? I right, guess because right. the team will say no. No, they'll say no. Yeah, they'll say want, no. They want to win first with him. Yeah. Um, but I'd like to really hear someone's analysis on, like, like well, for enough money, what's the price that right. they'll say yes at? Because this guy at 21 years old could sign a huge, huge deal. But we'll probably see him in another three to five years, I guess. Are we talking work ethic when we talk about Japan pitchers now? I mean, what's with Latino Fundamentally players? Fundamentally sound. Ethic, you watch that ethic. world baseball stuff and everything. They are right. unbelievable. Right. Work ethic at young, all year round, work ethic, right? They just work harder. I mean, oh, it's... It, you better it, wake up our kids that if you want to play in this game at some point, you're going to have to keep up with the work ethic. And that's hard. Weather-wise, you only get six months out of the year. So you better find a way to make up for six months of lost experience. That's a lot, right? You know what it makes me think? How many hits would Ichiro have? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. he was over yeah. early. He, yeah, came in a in lot one, more. He came in and averaged two hundred twenty-five hits in ten <laughs> so years. I'm saying, take, we, we thought it was the, amazing. Take the, the years, Rose, take the years yeah. in Japan. We thought he was a fraud over there, and we said, "Well, Pete Rose gets two hundred one hits every year. That's really something." And Ichiro comes and gets two fifty one year, yeah, probably yeah. right. Ichiro. One of the best pure of all time. You bring him up his profile. I wonder if Ichiro would have anything about helping Seattle be in the bidding process for this. Yeah, I mean, would the Mets sign both these guys? Would they sign uh, Otani and this kid? Yeah, that'd be a little package there, right? Can you imagine (laughs) the mutts? Because I'll tell you, their lineup they got right now, they need help. They need help in such a big way. Drops off after four. After Alonzo bats, they got nobody. You know, they got Nemo. They have McNeil. Right, they got the Lindor, they have Alonzo. Who bats next? Yeah. Right, you know Marte what, had a terrible year. Talking about Atlanta, did you see they just traded that Kyle Wright now a year or two ago? Yeah, His yeah. value was yeah, remember that. off the roof, and now yeah. he's had arm problems and this and that. And they just traded him. Last Wait till week. Chad reads out. Each year was first hits. year in the league at twenty-seven years old. Came in, he had 242 hits. 242? <laughs> Hit 350, MVP and rookie of the year. Gold glove, silver slugger. <laughs> right. Just ridiculous. For he ended up having a maximum 262 hits per year. Uh, when he, 260. He hit 372. I was under. I said 250. Right? Um, and he averaged, because of the end of his career, 189 hits per Just season. Just read top down from that first year. 240, 208, 212, 260, you, 200, stop, 220, no. 240, 210, <laughs> 225, 210. He, In other words, he had a bad day and didn't have at least 30, two hits. Until he was 37 <laughs> years old, he didn't have under 200 he hits in the season. He humiliates our best hitter. We don't, if you want to put Pete Rose up against that, which is probably logical choice, or Carew, you're not going to get 260, 250, 260. Oh, no, no it's not even close. No. I mean, he had 31, call it 3,100 hits in 19 years in the season. He averaged 189. Let's see what Pete Rose averaged for a season. That's going to be good because Rose put up 200 of like you know, 12 years in a row or something. That's going to be close. 189, but Rose, a lot of it bats. So Rose wins. He averaged 194, yeah, wins by five. close. Yeah, we've got hit some of Rose's best years. He never had anywhere close to the highs of Ichiro. Right. His be- Rose's best was a 230, but... All right, now, 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 let's do the analytical hat. Whenever I hear a number, as you guys know, I tumbler to another subset. Give me plate appearances per year, and Rose is going to dominate each row in plate appearance. Hence, the more hits, 
That's where it's coming from. More plate well, appearances. Pete Rose averaged 173 plate appearances for year. No, 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 no. Plate appearances be like 700. Yeah, not what I said. 700. Hit, hit, hit. No, you said 150. You meant hit. Oh, yeah. Hit. 723 plate appearances. Okay, okay. each row. Uh, hold on. Way less. This is going to be way less. Could be way less by 100. 655. Ladies and gentlemen, Jory, we rest. Thank you. Enjoy your ride home and tip your way to the waitresses. Al, you got a ran a rave, buddy, or did you already ran a rave? Uh, no, I wasn't You're thinking of one, to be honest with you. Right. I thought we had so much more information with Jody Mack yeah. and so forth. Sorry we lost him like we did. It was sudden. It was a, just a pop drop off. And uh, I think it was him dialing back. I'm, I'm not sure. That will go down as a mystery. Wait, 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 I'll tell you, I just thought of something. You said who was the goalie in Lenape and this yeah, and that? Yeah, right. Well, you, over the weekend, a girl named Riley Heck that played at Eastern scored the winning goal for North Carolina to win, and North Carolina is a hotbed and to, for North Carolina to win the uh, NCAA uh, field hockey championship. Yeah, I'll, I'll give the Eagles a shout-out for a big win last night, regardless of how they got there. Uh, Chad's right about the luck factor and all that, but, you know, you know, hard play, you know, good preparation, manifest luck. Uh, they have players that make plays, bottom line. And the quarterback will make a play. The receivers make a play. The line, when the game's on the line, Reddick and that crew come out like a bunch of wild boars. Uh, they're unblockable with a game on the line. So uh, no one's coming to Philly to beat them. Sorry, Tommy. San Fran's not. And uh, their best record now. Now, they have to win the games as opposed to winning that. They call it the gauntlet. I don't buy gauntlet. They still have to beat Buffalo this week. Stuff like that can un undo you know, discredit your win last night if you lose a game that you're not supposed to. Other than that, they, they end up at 14-3 and three at worst, and they and every everybody has to go through Philly. They're back to the Super Bowl, and this time they don't have their quarterback create a 14-point play. I, from a betting perspective all my life, can tell you I never want a wager when there was a 14-point play in a competitive game. I'm not talking about a 40-point game. Who cares? In a competitive game, three-point game, where both teams are going to battle for the whole game, and one team's going in to score, fumbles the ball, the team picks it up and goes the other way, eats no clock, and instead of plus seven, it's minus seven the other way, 14-point swing. swing yeah. The quintessential 14-point swing never cashed a ticket. And I say to the guys in our little uh, sports room that we have, when I see that play, I say, you know, t tip your waiters and waitresses, this game's over. You can't overcome that 14-point play. And that's not something Hurts is going to do again. That'll never happen in the Super Bowl. They win the Super Bowl. I don't care who they play. I think it'll be the Ravens. I don't like the Ravens, actually. It's not Kansas City. You know what I noticed last night, too, about we didn't hear the names Davis and Carter much. Now, I was watching on Channel 6, maybe those broadcasters. Yeah. <clears throat> there, Joe Buck and Aikman yeah. don't give you tackles by this and that. But Pacheco was getting seven, eight, nine yards. So that means he wasn't getting stopped at the line well, of scrimmage too often. Two Dumbo Reed moves. You got to run that kid more with that average per carry. And fourth and four at the 45-yard line, and they, they punt the ball, and the announcer says, KC just picked up a net of 19 yards. And you know what? It was a 39-yard line, too, where they're 39 telling Ant why, way. Andy, why Andy Reid didn't go for That's it. That's not like Andy Reid. Fourth and four. I or it is it Andy Reid. Poor game management. Wiz? I have one question for yep. you guys. How much do you value run differential but for football? Well, point differential, first yeah, of all. Point, it'd be, yeah, I'm just saying run differential in baseball, but for football, so point differential. I'll say this. I'll say that if you go back to the Super Bowl winner of last year, Kansas City, that they had number one uh, point differential last year. Okay, because my own, only thing, we talked about it with the less than 14-point wins, the, the Dallas is plus 125 run differential. I saw that. Point differential. And Eagles are like Eagles 40? are like 60. 60. Cowboys are twice yeah. Eagles. Yeah, yeah. You know, 49ers are over plus 100 as well. Yep. Um, the Lions are close, about plus 50. They're with the Eagles. It just... Yeah. 49ers and Eagles... I mean, 49ers and Cowboys are scoring more points. Yeah. Or they're giving up less points or some combination well, of. Differential. In the case of Dallas, yep. it's way higher in each direction. 49ers have scored the same amount of points, but they've given up so much less. Yeah, because you have one... Uh, flying the ointment Achilles here for the Philadelphia Eagles defense. 
You think they're great because they're so good against the run. I got exposed last night. Uh, but the problem is that 27th ranked pass defense, and they're really bad on third down. So people get open on third down. They don't stop you on third down. And be, you will pass more, however, when they're number one against the run, giving up 66 yards per game. I'll pass more against you, thank you, because you're so good against the run. That will inflate the total yards. The aggregate passing yards against goes up because of that run defense stat. That said, they're not great against the pass. As we've seen, other teams are scoring more than they should. Look at Washington. Look at the Jets. These teams are scoring more points than their other teams. They're scoring against other teams. It's a mouthful. Let me just run this by it. Was it just me, or did I think there was a lot of sloppy and terrible tackling last night by the Eagles? And it looked almost like a couple times Slay didn't even want to get involved. They don't. They bit. admit that. They watch the replays out. Those guys don't want to – those little guys back there never want to get mixed up. Never. Last guy to do that was Joe Scar- Scarpatti for the Eagles. No, they don't want to hit – what, uh, Bradley, wild, wild. Bill, uh, Bradley, Bill, Bill yeah. Bradley, the punter, yeah. Uh, but I'll tell you, the Kansas City back, what's his name, Pacheco, or what's his name? Pacheco. Yeah, Jay, Pacheco. He is one tough-ass tough. cowboy. Yeah. The way he runs, he, he hurts the ground. That kid is a tough-ass. I just don't know why Reed didn't run him more. Stick with him on two runs, coach. You, when you got a second and six, you, you, you could go twice. Yeah. Uh, I thought there was a situation where he could have ran on third, committing to running on fourth and why is think about it why is Mahomes calling the bomb that the guy dropped when he did that if you do score that quick you give the Eagles a minute 20 and three timeouts a lot of times you just have a guy streaking on certain plays and he happened to just be wide open but the problem with that down is if you don't hit it that play you're leaving yourself a third third and ten or third and twelve yeah and that becomes statistically very unlikely why not in that situation where you don't mind eating clock and picking up the first down? Why not chip underneath? Because he was wide open. If he's, I'm you, talking about the play call. Right, but I'm saying you, you can have a fine play call that's designed for 10 yards and still have a guy streaking down the field. I hear it's you. Not, if you don't have five or four receivers well, standing 10 yards away. That play was, he wasn't the second option. That was the first option on that play. It was wide open. I'm not calling that play. I'm going to pick up eight yards and get another two running. Right, but the play worked. The guy was wide open. And you left the Eagles enough time to beat you on a field goal. I like the fact that nobody's talking about the fact that Hurts is good enough to take you because down the, the offense field wasn't doing a field goal. The offense wasn't doing good tonight. The Eagles got outclassed in every stack category. The second half offense. They lost in yards, passing yards, rushing yards, yards per play. Not second time half. of possession. Second half. No overall. I'm about to get off. Overall. You, you got to look at the overall scheme. You think anybody? And the second half, the Eagles didn't look. I mean, the point is, the Eagles won the game. Yeah. Let's just leave it at that. All right. All right, on the same thing, Pacheco had a big first half. He, I think he wound up with like 86 yards. Yeah, Swift is. wound up with 76 right. yards. Swift had 31 yards receiving. Pacheco, so their stats for the entire game balanced. We're, we're, balanced at, right we're at a hour. How the hell did they get a hold of us, Wiz? Uh, speaking of sportspod.com, where you always find some information, if you want to reach out to Chuck directly, his number is 609-828-5569. That's a wrap, everybody. Have a great Tuesday. Big win. Sixers keep it up. Flyers aren't playing bad. Philly sports uh, motif right now pretty good. Thanks for being with us, the growing listening group. We appreciate it. We'll be back next Monday, not Tuesday. She should get the show Monday afternoon about about 5 o'clock next Monday. Speaking about thanks, be thankful. Let's have a nice Thanksgiving. Everybody drive careful and enjoy time with the family. Good catch out. Happy Thanksgiving. God bless all of you. Enjoy the family. Over and out. Thank you.